All right, welcome to a brand new episode of Some Like It Hot by Nikia Nightshade. I'm Nikia Nightshade. And before we get into this week's catastrophes and distractions, um, no, it's not me. It's not me. What am I talking about? You don't even know. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So everybody is bothering me today. Joker, hi Joker's in the chat right now because they're getting harassed on social media by fake accounts by me. Well, it's not me, someone who's taken images of me. Some of them, I don't even know. They took specific ones like me and my bathing suit really. And they're 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 sending you friends requests. I'm assuming they're sending friends requests to everybody. I've gotten so many messages today. It's it's crazy. I slept through most of today. Today was my day. I didn't have anything planned. Well, no, something got canceled. So I I I wanted to be good and I found out I slept through most of the day. And then I went out just like this. I literally this I just came back to the house. I was out shopping getting things I I mean I I literally had no milk in my house like you know when it's bad when there's like no milk carton four eggs it was bad I just I haven't had time I've been extremely busy in my new life um and yeah so I realized people are you know receiving these invitations and messages from some slutty hoary version of myself or is that is that different than the real me? I don't know. <laughs> but it's not me, I promise. If I was going to do, you know, OF or whatever, whatever you're getting messages from, I can promise you, you I just post it on my main accounts. I wouldn't I wouldn't make new accounts and uh start posting on those. That seems kind of pointless since I have plenty of followers on here um, I'm live on Twitch right now on TikTok and etc 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 so there's really no reason to for me to make another Instagram or Snapchat or anything to tell you guys hey I have another account on another platform why would I do that <laughs> so no it's not me I have not decided my life is that far down in the depths that I need to do any of those types of antics to make money yet. But when I do, you'll be the first to know. All right. So if you're if you're listening and you haven't seen any clips yet or you're not watching me live on Twitch right now, I'm in my hoodie because it's getting cold and I was just out running some errands and it was so funny because I was like I I was like oh I'm gonna walk my dog I'm gonna go you know run some errands later in the afternoon and I keep forgetting like no we're in the twilight zone you know the clocks changed we changed them and so now you know it's four o'clock in the afternoon and uh it's pitch black outside it was like 4 30 when it's getting dark so I'm like fuck so I had to put my little hoodie on because it's getting chilly at night here. It gets cold in the desert at night. Like, it's weird. It's it's weird living in the desert because at this time of year, fall into winter, you could see temperatures anywhere between 60-something to 80, 90-something on a normal day. But at night, it can drop down to like 36. It's insane. It's not fun to go through those extremes. So I usually don't turn on the heat 
quite yet. I think it might actually get turned on this week. Do you, have you guys, anybody in the live chat already rocking the heat? I have not turned mine on yet. Um, but anyway, that's just a little of my personal life, a little bit of my personal life. Um, but as you can see from the title, I am going to talk about do we have to say his full name? I feel like the criminals get more exposure in the media than the victims. Like, we always end up talking about the criminals. We always know their name. And it makes them, like, these legendary characters. And then there's documentaries. There's Netflix series. There's movies. And it's like, but they killed people. They don't deserve a Netflix series. They don't deserve a movie. They deserve to be forgotten. That's the point of punishing people who commit crimes. You put them in jail and we can forget about them. Yeah, execute them and we can move on. I mean, we got there's a new Hitler movie like every every year there's something about the Nazis like when are we going to let though I mean of course history books of course, but like when are we going to stop letting them be entertainment value material. I don't know. So this Rittenhouse kid, I'm going to just start off right there. Let's just get right into it. He, um, so they're going to, I guess they're deliberating now. I believe if anybody wants to correct me, you can. Basically he is on trial for those of you who are living under a rock because he illegally obtained a assault rifle traveled across state lines. He was under the age of 18 and went to the riots. I don't even know if it was riots. I know it was protests for sure. Um, he went to the protests having to do with, you know, the endless slew of black men being, you know, killed, uh, mostly black men who are being killed and they are unarmed. Not all of them were innocent and not all of them hadn't commit committed some type of crime but it was like one after the other after the other was really bad you know we talk about George Floyd but that was not the only one that happened in that like three months time so he went down to one of the protests armed himself and decided he was going to be a militant a militia. I don't. I don't know what he was. He wasn't deputized. He was not uh, in the military. He was not a police officer, and he was being threatening to the crowds. But he was also buddy buddy and chumming up with the police. I mean, they gave him a bottle of water. They shook his hand. The police there had no issue with a teenager walking around with an assault rifle unchecked. And so words were exchanged and a couple of people did actually chase after him and to defend himself to the people who had no weapons. Um, you know, I think actually, no, to correct myself, I believe one person did, did actually have a weapon. Uh, he, he fired and he did fire at people who were unarmed as well. He killed two people. I believe he injured another one. And, you know, he doesn't have a scratch on him. And so the trial has ensued. And although the catalyst was, you know, the George Floyds of the world, the Black Lives Matter scenario, the people who actually died were white. They weren't, they weren't black. 
And one of them apparently had a record for sexual molestation. So this is a very weird scenario we see ourselves in. By the books, by law, he broke the law. By the books, by law, he did kill people. Do we miss one of them? Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, let's be honest, you know, but he's not the judge, the jury, or the executioner. That's the narcissist. And we'll talk about them later because they believe that they are all three. Sometimes they even label themselves by one of those titles. But anyway, it's so it's too early for shots fired. It's too early for shots fired. <laughs> no, but okay. So anyway, back back to the topic at hand. So he's been on trial and it's been really messy. It's been extremely messy. How messy? Let's talk about it. So first of all, they basically made it so that he had a jury that was going to definitely be swayed by him and not really care about the victims. This entire trial has been about him and not the victims, at least in the media. The media is more wrapped up in talking about him, overanalyzing him, and not really discussing the victims like I have not seen and 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 if you have that's fine I personally have not been presented with any clips or videos showing the victims families talking recently right now during the trial nothing no like entertainment tonight Oprah's too busy with Adele she doesn't have time to care about this situation it doesn't suit her agenda when she she tunes in when she wants to that oprah but no she's she's busy with adele even adele was annoyed with oprah if you ever see any of the clips she's like my favorite song from adele is someone like you or something she said and she's like because adele you know she really sang that song and she's going on and on about what the song really means and adele's standing behind her like that's not what the song means (laughs) but you don't correct oprah you just let oprah do whatever she wants to do i mean sure you're right so someone commented in the chat that uh it's possible that if the prosecution had spent more time talking about the victims it might have actually helped but the thing is is like i said i my main concern is the media right i'm not in the trial and in the media I mean, we just don't even hear about the victims. Let's not just talk about the victims that died. Let's talk about the people that were shot at. Let's talk about the person who was injured. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, so many crimes were committed by this kid just to get there before he killed people. And he went there looking for a fight. You know, he's he's like that person who, like that girl who goes to school and she already has the Vaseline in her purse and the knife. And so you're like, oh, she's like, well, I was just defending myself. Girl, you came prepared to kill to kill someone. Same thing. Now, that's like a hood reference. But if you know what I mean, like, you know, she came prepared. She brought the elastics for her ponytail. She didn't even wear her big hoop earrings. Like, see, I'm not ready to fight. I got hoop earrings on today. She didn't. She didn't. You know, she wore her sneakers and brought her Vaseline. She had her switchblade. She's ready to go. He brought his AR. He he went there with the anticipating, I probably will shoot someone. I'm not going to say his mind state. Like, he went there, like, hoping to. But he definitely went there to flex it. He definitely had it loaded. It wasn't just, 
um, an object he was carrying around as like a, you know, an accessory. But the thing is, the judge is the biggest issue here in this trial. The judge has been seriously showing favoritism to this kid the entire time. Making choices like not calling the victims victims by calling them the rioters. He's already dehumanizing them. He's already turning them into something negative that maybe this actually good boy took care of. Then Rittenhouse took the stand and he did the best he could. Oh, he sure did. Oh, man. He was angling for at least a daytime Emmy. I don't think a regular Emmy, certainly not an Oscar, but he definitely wanted a daytime Emmy. He definitely was really hoping to to sway everybody in the whole United States of America with his desperate attempt. I mean, he should have just honestly just grabbed a glass of water and dipped it and just put like right on the stand, right on the stand, because that would have been more believable than how. I mean, I was afraid he was going to poop himself. He was pushing so hard. He's like squeezing his face. I don't want to do that. I don't want the wrinkles. Squeezing his face so hard, trying to get that one tear just to muster out that he could not get out with his, like, terrible, privileged, this is how I usually get out of things, crying effect that was so sad. It was it was so sad. Not sad like I felt bad for him. Sad that that he did it. Sad that it was put in a position where only people who and see I come from I come from middle class and I come from the suburbs and I used to have to deal with a lot of specifically spoiled um caucasian young men and young women and I used to remember I'm going to I'm going to give you my opinion from a perspective that I think it will be easier for anyone to digest there's TV shows about kids that are bad, like Dennis the Menace, Problem Child, right? So these shows are, and movies, these, these entertainment things are made because there's this specific uh, characteristic, right? This specific type of child that we know not all children are good. Sure, children should all be good and children should all be considered innocent and they're still children, but there are bad kids who know what they're doing is wrong. And that's why there's a whole genre for them, right? Especially in like the, back in the day, there was a whole genre for them, right? So I know I used to hang out and there was this kid that lived in my neighborhood. He lived in the house right next door. Total little demon monster from hell. He was six years old. I was nine years old and I could, I did not want anything to do with him. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, I don't want him to come over here. I don't want to be around him. He's, he's a bad kid. He was the kind of kid who would do bad things, say bad things, act up. And as soon as adults were around, he'd be like, I didn't, I, I, hi, I'm so cute and innocent. And then when he'd get caught, he, there were two sides, right? There were two levels. Either he would try his best to put on the written house, you know, pretend crying act, which is, it looked identical. That's why only if you've ever experienced it from the side of where you knew the kid was bad and you knew that they were pretending to cry, will you understand this? If you really don't understand that, I I get it. Like if you really have never experienced seeing a child be able to turn it on 
and turn it off because they're spoiled or they're evil <laughs> or they're they're Damien, they're, they're the omen. Like if you really don't get it, that's fine. You don't have to, but I do. And I know what I saw. And that's exactly what it was. A complete performance and a bad performance. And sure, of course, he feels bad sitting on the stand. Of course he does. He's facing going to jail. I'm sure he didn't enjoy the two seconds that he spent in jail before people raised money online to bail him out. Jail is scary. He's in a courtroom. He's on camera. Everybody's looking at him. I'm sure there was a little bit of anxiety and sadness in him, but not for what he did. And not fear from those people coming at him. That is a lie. That was manufactured and manufactured by his lawyer. And the way that he did it was so structured. I mean, my God, I watch a lot of Law and Order. You know, you know, if you don't watch Law and Order, you should. You should watch. You should start watching Law and Order right now. It's on Hulu. You watch pretty much any Law and Order you want on Hulu. You need to do that because you'll learn how lawyers, especially defense attorneys, they sit their client down and they train them on what they're going to focus on, the words they're going to say, and how they're going to manipulate the jury. And that's all I saw there. I didn't see any actual remorse uh, in Mr. Rittenhouse's face. And also, as a brown-skinned woman, uh, I take offense to people still calling him a kid. He's 18 years old. He was 17. How many times do we see men get away with having inappropriate contact and inappropriate sexual relations with underage women. And their defense is, well, she was 17, the legal age. She was legally, you know, okay. How many times have we seen uh, people call 14, 15, 16-year-old black males men? He should be tried as an adult. He's six foot two. He's basically a man. But he's 14. He he doesn't look 14. Okay. He doesn't look like a kid either. He looks just like every other drunken college boy that I have to deal with when I'm out, when I'm out around here because I live near college town or I live in a college town. He's grown. He knew what he was doing. That little act did not fool me. I do not see him as a child. He should be tried as an adult. He was 17. But yet the rules don't apply to him. I cannot imagine why. What could it possibly be about Mr. Rittenhouse that makes him different than all of the black gentlemen who have been tried for, I don't know, an ounce of weed or whatever? I cannot imagine what could be the thing that stands out about him that makes him so different, so special, so innocent, so young, so in need of protection. I don't know. Something. Something. You tell me. But then the cherry on top, the cherry on top is this. Oh, someone said, regardless of the guilt, it was still a traumatic event. It was a traumatic event he chose to go to. He, it's not like he went to a birthday party and he brought a present and he was attacked. He went to riots. He brought an AR and he engaged what came his way. He was yelling at people. He was telling them to get back. He was acting like he was a police officer. That's not the... If you... Let me tell you something. You know who else I don't feel bad for? Mr. Otto's place. I also don't feel bad. That's the person in the chat. I don't feel bad for people who jump into the, the, the lion's den at the zoo. Or the gorilla's den. Don't kill the gorilla. 
Oh, well. You were supposed to be watching from the sidelines. You jumped in there. Lunch is served. (laughs) That's your problem. I don't feel bad for him. He went over state. He didn't even live there. He didn't even live there. Traumatic or not, he asked for it. He wanted it. He geared up for it, Otto. He got what he deserved. Unfortunately, the people who came in contact with him did not. They got way more than they deserved because they were executed for whatever they did, whether they ran at him, they called him names, they threw a tomato at him. I don't care what they did. He is not the judge, the jury, and the executioner. And yet that's exactly what he did. And speaking of the judge, back to the judge, the judge is the biggest problem here because the judge has been coddling him the entire time. I've never seen a trial where the judge decides to go on a 10 minute recess for the feelings and the emotions of the murderer. I'm sure Charles Manson is like, oh man, I wish I could have did all this now. I wouldn't even be in here. I would have just cried on the stand and blamed my parents and said I felt threatened by the... <laughs> like, we are such a soft and, and then manipulative generation of, t- of people now. All of us. Every generation. All of us. We've got the We've got the... The Gen Zers with the cancel culture that they decide who to cancel for whatever reasons they want to and who they'll apologize for. And we've got the different factions of political parties who are deciding the same exact thing. They won't cancel someone or get rid of someone or properly punish someone if they feel that their political and moral values align with their own. And to that point, when the judge's phone rang in court which I'm almost I'm a little conspiracy theorist about that I feel like that was not an accident because he knows to turn his phone off and yet his phone rang in court and what was it if you don't know you're gonna know now it was the call to arms theme song for the Donald Trump rallies that he's been having So now we know the judge is, we're not supposed to know his political stance. So now we know the judge is politically aligned with Donald Trump, taking back America, making it great again, and the young man who he is supposed to be not biased towards or against. He's supposed to hear all of the facts and let the jury decide and then put his judgment accordingly. You think that's going to happen? Do you really think that that's going to happen in this this case? If you do, I have a bridge I'd like to sell to you. Please give me your PayPal. I'm just saying. The fix is in. And then we have the other case to worry about with the Maude Aubrey killing. And those... Guys, I don't even want to say their names, which, you know, that's the one thing I will admit. That is a trial where we actually know the victim's name. I don't even know the guy's names that they're on trial and I don't want to know their names. But there's a high chance they're going to get away with it, too. 
and it's just setting up for more drama. And the media is too, because the media is like, oh, this is going to set up for more rioting on the holiday season and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You don't know that. You don't know that you want that. Every time I've seen rioting, it's always been after the media has been hyping up rioting weeks before it even happens. So, you know, I'm just disgusted with everything. I'm disgusted with CNN, Fox News. I'm disgusted with all the social media that will do the clickbait titles and the the bullshit headlines and anything to just push views and likes towards their direction. I'm just, I'm so sick of all of it. It's why I'm not really on as much as I used to be because it's a not, like this is, we've been digesting this same cycle of mental abuse from the internet and now because the internet has been so influential the television has become the internet as well for like 15 years straight a good steady 10 years of just twitter instagram facebook like it's 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 rotted our brains it's destroyed our values. It's destroyed our democracy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go through a whole rant, but I mean, come on, you have to agree. Look how different everything is. Some things are for the good, but it's like this much good. It's like, it's this, it's eeny weeny, teeny weeny, shriveled little short, short good. <laughs> don't want, don't want, don't want. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not that much good. It's mostly bad. And now Meta's coming out. Are you excited for Meta? I had someone I was uh, around the other day and he was like so excited. He's talking to me and a couple of girls. He's like, oh, Meta, are you ready for Meta? He's like, you know, I don't play video games, but in Meta, you know, you can make your own avatar looks just like you and you can, you know, you'll have the goggles on. It'll be all three dimensional and you can like own a house in, in Dubai and you can go boating and sit on the beach and you can hang out with your friends and you can go to a concert. And I'm like, okay. I guess that's cool, but where does it stop? Like, okay, it's cool for like, you know, the middle of winter and you can't afford to fly out there or you're sick or for someone who's, you know, trapped in their house or wheelchair bound. I get it. I see the benefits for some purposes. But if they want us to use Meta, like we use Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, oh, forget it. We're done as a society. Player Ready Player One is is a real good movie. You should look at because it'll kind of explain it a little bit more in like you know a theatrical way. But we're done as a society if we fall into the meta thing. Like I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm telling you that's verbatim. Like people warned us about social media. And what was going to happen. And they weren't wrong. You know. And now here we are with this. I'll say the only thing that I find interesting. That's come from the Instagram age. Is when I'm out. Especially where I live. I don't think I've ever in my entire life. Seen more beautiful people. Or at least people who make themselves look beautiful. I should say. Before people really kind of were like. You know pretty average. Basic. Normal. Walk around looking nor- like normal. I mean, there are so many plastic surgery Barbies here that I don't think they have an original body part left on them, these girls, from here to there. 
the BBLs, everything. I've seen so many BBLs. And it's funny because I see them. And I'm like, is it beautiful if someone looks at you and they're like, wow, she's she looks beautiful. But you can tell it's not real. Like you could tell, oh, her lips are fake. Her nose is fake. Her tits are fake. Her buzz. Is it beautiful still? If you're just like, eh, I mean, I know it's not really her. Because the whole time you're like, I wonder what she looked like before. And you're just dying to see the before picture. Like, was it a flat, was it like a flat board? Was she like the letter P? Did she have a big hook nose? Were her lips so thin that she would drink out of a straw and drool down her throat? Like, I just, anyway, let me stop. I'm ranting, but, but, and then the men, they're all like jacked up now. I don't know any guys that don't go to the gym. Like, okay, yeah, there, I, there's still people who are overweight and stuff. Yeah, of course. But for the most part, any guy between the ages of like 20 and 50, they're all jacked up. So it's like jacked up John and plastic Barbie and they, I see them everywhere. Everywhere. That's the only thing I've noticed from Instagram is there's like 10 times more people who are obsessed with looking perfect. Looking like they're all going to the red carpet. And they all are going to be an influencer one day. And guess what? (gasps) You're not. But anyway. All right. So I'm going to take a quick break. And in the next half of the podcast, I am going to be talking about Britney being free. And a little bit about narcissism in the holiday season. Just to get you into the holiday chair. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. Nakia Nightshade Some Like It Hot is brought to you by The Beat House Cosmetics and their latest Legacy Eyeshadow Palette. With titles like Birthright, Heirloom, Estate, and Inheritance, this mother-daughter duo, black family-owned company, is making sure to bring a little bit of legacy right to your face. TheBeatHouseCosmetics.com. Use hashtag SomeLikeItHot and get yourself a lovely little discount. You can also find it at City Trends Nationwide. All right, welcome back to the second part of my podcast. And so, yeah, I haven't had, I haven't done a lot of stuff. I've had a couple people who I've talked to that want to be guests on the podcast. I just, I didn't have a schedule set yet because there was just like very erratic things happening. And I just was like, no. Now I think I'm going to be able to actually schedule some people in, um, in December So look forward to a couple of guests possibly in December, but it's just been next to zero impossible to schedule. I didn't even do a podcast last week because it's just been like that for me lately. And I would love to share what's going on, but I think it's important to keep some things close to the vest for a little while. Um, you never know who's listening. Apparently, you never know who's taking your pictures and using them to make fake profiles either. So I'm just going to shut that shit down for now. But, you know, if you can, if you care about me, if you love me, you know, send me a message on Twitch, on TikTok, on Twitter, DM me on Instagram. Let me know you're thinking about me. If you have any questions, if you have something you want to talk about, if you need my help, I'm always here. I have friends who... They've been going through some things as well. I had a friend who was in a very terrible accident and 
we're going to call it that recently. And I was there for them as much as I could be through that. But there's only so much you can do for people who put themselves in situations that they could get themselves out of, but they're not ready to. So we'll leave that one alone for now. But Brittany and Brittany Batch. I wish I had a sound effect for that. Brittany Batch. So Brittany Spears is now free to do what she wants any old time, sort of. So the only reason I brought up Brittany today, even though that happened on Friday, and it's not like news news for most people, I brought it up because someone commented on Facebook. I don't I want to air you out because this is someone I like. But they commented on Facebook like they weren't that excited about the fact that Britney got rid of the conservatorship because they think she still needs help. And so watch out because she's probably going to act up or act out or something's going to happen. And I thought that was really not cool of them to say because it was an uneducated thing to say. Here's the thing. There's plenty of people who deal with bipolar issues, depression, suicide, uh, manic depression, we could go through you know, ADD, ADHD, all of those things. And none of those people or the majority of those people are not being jailed in their house for 14 years and yet forced to be a human puppet to make millions of dollars for their jailers. Millions of dollars that they're not even allowed to use, spend, touch, and or see. And they're not allowed to have friends. They're not allowed to get married. They're not allowed to have children. This is all the stuff that happened to Britney Spears. Yes, she had a manic episode in 2007. That was a really long time ago. Fun fact, I also had a manic episode in 2006. Nobody put me in my house for the last 15, 14 years. There was no conservatorship. You know why? Because I'm not that rich. I'm pretty sure. I love you, mom, and everybody else in my family. I'm pretty sure if I was like Britney Spears rich, they'd be like, oh, no, we need to protect her. Put her in the house. Lock her up. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But it didn't happen. And I moved on with my life. And I was able to mature at my pace and learn at my pace you know the britney spears that you see on instagram these are videos that were taken from her private phone that she didn't know was getting put on the internet because she didn't control her social media of course she's a sweaty hot mess with messy hair and shitty cheap clothes they gave her a budget of 200 dollars a week She was only allowed to get her hair done whenever she was going to be out and performing or on stage or doing an interview. Other than that, she was stuck in her house. No one was allowed to come see her. They were putting her on meds constantly. They changed her meds, then filmed her when she would act weird on her new meds. She wasn't allowed to see her kids without people being around. Her boyfriend was never allowed to be around without other people being around. She was forbidden to have children. They put like things in her so she couldn't get pregnant. They constantly took her blood to test her to make sure she wasn't uh, not taking her pills or doing anything she wasn't supposed to. And yet, even though she shaved her head and wielded an umbrella in 2007, 
She had a new album out by 2008. So if she was so mentally out of it that she needed a, the kind of conservatorship that you give to a 99-year-old who's drooling on themselves and pooping in their pants, why was she doing the circus tour in 2008, traveling the world? And for, for those of you who didn't watch the circus tour and don't give a shit about Britney Spears, let me just tell you, she descended from the sky every night, three, four nights a week. No, it was like three nights a week. She descended from the sky to a center stage. If she's such a manic depressant, when she just jumped, killed herself in front of all those people? No? Oh, she was leveled. Oh, she was healthy enough to do the show. So why was she still in the conservatorship? Why did she do a performance of Slave for You in a metal outfit surrounded by an entire ring of flames that was so high that the further up she got it is still covered you could still see her covered in flames in 2008 a year after her manic episode if she was so insane that was okay she did magic tricks she disappeared from a box on stage and reappeared on another side of the stage within 30 seconds from one song to the next because it was like a circus magic show trapeze thing she, she could do that. But she had to be in a conservatorship for 14 years. You know how many other tours she did? Four. That's including Vegas that she was in for five years. Every week. Three or four albums. Merchandise. But she needed to be held against her will in her house and had an iPhone 5 that was being monitored by her jailers. They could see every text message she sent, every email, everything. They never gave her any privacy. Why? Because they didn't want her reaching out for help. They didn't want her reaching out for lawyers. They didn't want her reaching out for, for people that they weren't in control of. They isolated her. They got rid of anybody who actually cared about her and loved her. They put her with people who she thought she could trust but were just watching her. She was treated like a servant, a slave, and a prisoner for 14 years. She deserved to be free. I don't care what you think about her. I don't care if she is bipolar. She didn't deserve that. Because she was healthy enough to make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for those people. For 14 years. Fun. So I'm happy for Britney. And the thing is, Britney's story is going to play right into this next part of my podcast today, which is why women are held to a different standard than men. Mentally. We see presidents who are clearly not all there, who lie, manipulate, stumble over their words. Pick your president in the last 10 years. There's two of them that do that, who don't seem to know where they are sometimes, who make up stories. They're not being held against their will. And, and if they were, people would actually care. People seem to not care about what happens to women. I don't know why. 
And I say people. I don't say men. People. Women and men alike. And theys and thems as well. Don't seem to really care what happens to women. It's sort of a, well, she should have just did this or she knew better. Or if she would have just acted this way, that wouldn't happen. Obviously, there's more to the story than we know. I love that one. Obviously, there's more to the story than we know. You know how many times I used to hear that about my abusive relationship? Well, we don't know his side of the story. His side of why he gave me a black eye and... uh, Okay. No, his side is that. (laughs) My side is that. (laughs) I I don't know. Did you need more (laughs) of this? Okay, sure. I remember being beat within an inch of my life in our first apartment. And our neighbor next door was extremely concerned because of the noise. She was so concerned about the noise, she called the landlord to complain about us as tenants. She didn't call the cops. She didn't knock on the door and make sure I was okay. She didn't care. She knew I was getting beat up. She just called the the landlord to see if she could get us evicted because we were annoying her. And that was a long time ago. I won't say when, but it was a long time ago. And even to this day, I find myself in situations now where it's like, uh, people don't care. No matter what I'm going through right now, if there's a male on the other side of it, they will literally consider his side more than my own. Just because for some reason, we have in society, we have this like built-in need to villainize women, second-guess them, question them, even when they're a victim. I was just watching an episode, an old episode of The Real Housewives of New York City, and Ramona was throwing a charity event for uh, women who... the raising money to get uh, lobbyists in D.C. to help change the laws on a federal level about... Um, statutory uh what is it not statutory rape but like the 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 statutes like the a statute of limitation the statute of limitation so basically what they're doing is if you ever notice men who create this who commit this crime of either rape or molestation are more protected than the victims. And of course, yes, you accuse them and they're innocent until proven guilty, whatever. I got that. That I don't have a problem with. But here's where they get insulated from even being brought to, to trial. The statute of limitations. Well, who does that protect? It doesn't protect the victim, especially if the victim is a child. Children don't always come, come out right away and say something's happened to them. They're afraid. They're afraid they're going to be in trouble. They're afraid they're going to be judged. They're ashamed. They're afraid of the adult. The adult is bigger, stronger, scarier, right? You probably told them, don't say anything. 
So who does the statute of limitations protect? It protects the, the abuser. And so this little girl grows up 10 years later, maybe even 15 years later. She's still living with the trauma of what happened to her. She decides to come forward. Sorry, statute of limitations. Why didn't you say something when you were five? <laughs> There's something about our society where we innately want to protect men and get mad at the idea, the concept of protecting women. When I say that, I know that there's someone who right now, when I say we don't protect women, there's someone who's like, a feminist. How dare you even use the phrase protect women? Feminazi. What? So you're against protecting women. That's what you're saying. If I can't even say it, and it triggers you, you're making my point. You're proving that that's an issue for our society. And when we have this new awareness of narcissism, the different levels of narcissism, covert and overt narcissists, um, it's, it's difficult. Now, there are male and female narcissists. And I, I believe that because I was... Born of narcissists. I've been born of narcissists. (laughs) And I've dated narcissists. I've definitely exhibit um, symptoms of covert narcissism. Uh, But not a high level of it. Where I'm trying to protect myself, right? I'm trying to protect myself. And I'm always trying to prove to people that I'm a good person. And I'm at the point where I just, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I I find myself in situations recently where I'm like trying to be nice to people, trying to make sure things go well, you know, being like, look, this is what's going on. Like trying to just, just, just make sure that everything's on the, I've always been a person who likes to put everything on the, the table, you know, above board. So you can't be like, oh, why didn't you say this? I did. I did. But I find myself in a situation where sometimes it looks like I'm trying to, throw people under the bus to make myself look better, which is what covert narcissists do. Or I try to have grandiose, like grandiose feelings about myself. Like I deserve a better position. I deserve a better title. But it's not that I think that I've had people tell me that. And then I think about it. I'm like, well, yeah, considering how much work I do. But that's part of covert narcissism. So I'm very hypersensitive to watching myself and watching what I say and how I behave. But because I'm still in therapy and because I'm still trying to learn how to navigate around narcissists, I I have a lot to deal with. And so I wanted to talk about how the narcissist in your life is, like I said earlier, the judge, the jury, the executioner, right? And what does that mean? Well, they want full and utter control over you and the relationship. So that means nothing you say matters. Your opinion doesn't matter. How you saw the situation doesn't matter. The truth does not matter. They will decide in the end what matters. And they are the one holding the trial. The trial's always against you. And they like to use the we sentiment, right? And so that was something I had to start realizing that was a big thing. 
And I knew about the we thing, the we issue before I even knew about narcissism because I would have the narcissist in my life say, well, we have problems and we need to go to therapy and we are toxic for each other and we, we have all these issues. And I'm like, well, no, it's not we, it's you. You're the, <laughs> and they're like, no, it's we, it's we. And why does the narcissist say we instead of I? Because they don't want to take responsibility for what they've done. They refuse to believe that they are responsible for what has happened in this friendship, relationship, at their job, whatever it is. So they have to use the we sentiment, the we language, right? And so if you find yourself in a situation with someone who, you know, they hurt your feelings, they broke your heart, they lied to you, they cheated on you, and they're like, well, we've had a problem for a very long time. We haven't been happy for a while. Or you find out from other people. Like, they're like, oh, I heard that you guys were having problems. You're like, you did? Is that something that person said? I never said that. Oh, we were? That's why. Because they're not going to take responsibility for where this went. They're not going to take responsibility for what they did to you. They have to make it that it's both of you. They know that it's them. That's the funny part. They know that they did it. They know they have the part. They know themselves. They hear the voices in their head. They know they when they look in the mirror, they're disgusted. They have to put on a fake face and they have to put on a new act for their new supply. But they know that they, they're the problem, right? And so that's when they decide that they're going to end the friendship. A lot of, a lot of narcissistic friends will just ghost you. Um, a lot of narcissistic partners will, you know, they'll be like, I don't want to be with you anymore. They'll break up with you. They'll make any excuse. They'll blame you or we, right? And they need to do that because they know they're a problem. They know they've done something bad. They know that they're going to continue to be that problem. And usually at that point when they are, you know, they've, the trial's over and they're the executor, um, or the executioner at that point. You, they, they can tell that you know, that you've seen them for what they are and they might not still be able to get over on you and manipulate you, right? So they now they're like, well, then I've got to destroy everything as fast as I can so I can have control. So I can feel like it was my decision to evacuate the premises, get, you know, move this person away and not them. Cause I, they don't, they're very fragile emotionally and they deal with abandonment. That's something that created their narcissism was abandonment in their childhood usually. And so that's why they do that. Um, I can tell you that I have recently run into a new narcissist. And this person, you know, I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm trying not to have tunnel vision. I'm not outwardly looking for narcissism in every person. So it took me a second to figure them out. So this person, I thought we were cool. We're hanging out, not hanging out like friends, but just, uh, associates is a better word to use. We're definitely, we're never friends. And one time they were having a bad day and I said something to them and 
I was very firm about what I had to say to them and they came back at me and they're like, I didn't like the way you talked. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, whatever. We're cool. And then I thought we were cool. We were fine. And then another time they gave me a dirty look and I said something to them and they got triggered by it and offended by it. Supposedly that was their claim. And I completely didn't know this. So the next time I saw them like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, I need to talk to you. I was offended and disgusted by what you said. Because that is not what you could say to me. And I said, okay, I apologize. I didn't realize I triggered that in you. I didn't mean to offend you. And it won't happen again. And then I realized this person is a narcissist. They keep being, I didn't even want to know them. They kind of roped me into it, which is usually what they do. Because they can, they can see the light around you the glow around you right so they roped me in and as soon as I got comfortable then they started being nasty and the first time they were nasty I was apologetic which is what they love they love someone who will be like I'm sorry for something I didn't do wrong but you've created a scenario where I had to apologize to you and here we go so the second time it happened because of my therapy and because of my the research I've done I analyzed that it took me I didn't get to analyze it in the moment but after I sat back and thought about it I was like oh this person is definitely a narcissist and I am their new supply so they're gonna keep being nice to me and then when they're having a bad day they're gonna use me as their punching bag which is what my last narcissist did right so this, I, I cut it off. As soon as I figured that out, I've been gray rocking this person. I've been, you know, goodbye. Like, I'm just like, not even, you're not even in the room. You're not even there. If I see you again, you know, it's hello and goodbye, walking by each other, nothing. I want nothing to do with this person. I won't even engage you as a friend now. And they, I think they caught caught that. They It might take a few more tries before they figure it out. They pick it up. But it's just interesting because I never realized I was going to have to implement that in almost every facet of my life now and really analyze every man and woman that I interact with and see what their true intentions are and who they are as a person. I I had only at this point in my therapy and my research really looked back at, you know, family members and people I was in relationships with because that's all I really knew. And so I'm analyzing like, okay... My mom is this way. This is what she's like. I'm working with her. You know, she's from a different generation. This generation is new. We're learning these things. I'm teaching her these things. We're trying to get along. My dad, God love him. You know, he's 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 who he is. But they're both my my parents have a lot of flair, and they're very. They made, they made this, they made this. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just learning to dissect what's healthy, what's not healthy. Who am I and how am I going to move forward to be a better person? I'm really glad I don't have a family right now because children, because I definitely, you know, I was trying to have a family a few times. Anyone who knows me knows I was trying to have a family a few times. And I think it's I don't think this I've ever thought this before until recently that the losses that I endured and the family that I have yet to build for myself didn't happen for a reason. I was not ready. I was not ready because I want to be the best parent. 
Like, ever. I know that's not easy, and I know you can't control everything. But mentally, I wanted to make sure that I didn't mess with my kid. You know what I mean? So that they could grow up to be balanced, healthy, make their own decisions, go to a good school. I'd like to raise a kid that will be useful to society and not just an Instagrammer. Like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a something, right? And so... I think that I'm getting closer and closer to the person I need to be to be that type of parent. So I'm actually really glad I didn't have kids early on and specifically early on with specific people who were definitely not a good match um, and will not be good parents unless they get the therapy that they need as well. Um, But it's it's been very eye opening. I do suggest to anybody you know, there's a few people online um, who are aware narcissists. These are people who are actually in therapy and they share their they share the type of things they've done to people and their thought process. Right. And one of them, I think his name is Jay. He's the I don't know if you guys follow him on TikTok. He's a black guy with the dreads. He's got like over a million followers. And he said that, you know, he was afraid to go to therapy because he was afraid that They'd find they'd they'd learn how he thinks they'd know about the thoughts he actually has and they'd be so freaked out by him that they put him in the mental hospital. That's what he said. And to be fair, I used to think the same thing, too, that I was going to like say something, do something or whatever. And the therapist was going to pick up on it and I was going to like walk out thinking I'm going to my car. They were going to be like, excuse me, miss clink. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that hasn't happened yet. Hey, thank you for being here. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yet being the operative word. But I like that he said that. I like that he was vulnerable enough to admit that. And he said, if, he said, get therapy. Go now. Do not wait. And I cannot be more on his side on that. I put off therapy for a very, I mean, I've had therapy on and off, on and off my whole life, but recently in the traumas that I've been uh, enduring, I put off therapy for a very long time and I wish that I didn't because it has helped me grow so fast. I have matured mentally and emotionally in the last six months more than I did in the last seven years of my life. Isn't that sad? I don't even know who that person was. The things that I'm accomplishing now in my personal life, which is why I don't stream that much, which is why I don't have time to do my podcast as much as I'd like or get guests on, is because so much has changed for me in here and in here that it's changed everything in here. And every day is not perfect. I even cried yesterday and I I was very sad today about other little things having nothing to do with my relationships or the narcissist or anything like that. You know, I'm still human, but I'm managing it better and I'm anal- I'm reassessing things better and I don't I I one thing I'm learning and if you are like this then you have some narcissistic issues you might want to deal with or some mental issues. Do not let your emotions dictate to you how you're going to respond to a situation. I don't care what you have to do. I don't care if you need to take a nap, which is what I did today. I don't care if you need to smoke a joint. I don't care if you need to drink a bottle of whatever. I don't care if you need to watch cartoons or play a video game. Whatever it is you need to do, you need to sit on that. You need to sit on that. You need to reanalyze it. You need to look at it at many different perspectives. Don't always assume that it's the end of the world. And don't always assume that 
what someone says or did was specifically to hurt you or out to get you. Because that's something that I've had to work on because I've had so many bad things happen in my life. I'm extremely defensive and offensive. I'm on the offense and I'm learning not to be like that. Um, And I've seen, not always, but I've seen some really good outcomes having that mindset where I would have went into another situation. Like yesterday I had another situation and I was going to go in there like, bitch, let me tell you know what I mean? And I purposely don't even let people like have my social media or my phone number or anything. And I don't have theirs. And these are people I see pretty frequently now. And they're like, oh, I wish I could text you. I'm like, nope. Because the minute I get mad about something or something comes up and I want to get angry or if I want to feel something, I don't want to have readily accessible ways to get to you to be like, you fucking, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I need that moment to chill. And yeah, that's because I have to work on my self-control. I do. That's fine. I'm admitting that. But I need that moment to chill so that I can assess the situation and go at it better. And I'm glad that I did because I had a a, a decent, I had a really nice day yesterday. I thought it was going to be a nightmare day. I was working myself up the day before thinking it was going to be this like nightmare day. And that was all in my head. And so don't be all up in your head. Let the therapist do that. Find a good place. Find a good way to decompress, especially after a long night, especially after a long work day, especially after a long week. And um, don't be afraid to seek counseling, therapy, or a friend. I just wanted to say that because I don't know. I might not be here next week. I don't know. Hopefully I will. I could die tomorrow. So if if I can make sure I say something at the end of every podcast, I want to make sure I say that to you now. And um, live from New York, it's Saturday night because I'll probably never get to say that. But if I do, you know, I'll be a real happy girl. All right. So I'm going to head out of here and uh, hopefully I'll be here next week. I won't be here uh for Thanksgiving. So one of the podcasts will be off and hopefully I will have some guests. I'm going to get some men on here, some men in the entertainment industry. I've been dying to share with you guys. And, um, we're going to just talk about the narco days, the holidays. What's up girl. And all that good stuff. Um, and whatever hot topics are, are coming on. Oh, girl, I, I just started this this stream whenever I could. Let me just finish this anyway. So I'm going to talk to them in the chat. But I'm going to finish with you guys who are listening. I appreciate you guys for being here. Please share the podcast. Please like and follow me on all of my social media, Nikki and I Shade, on all platforms. And no, again, that was not me. I, I'll let y'all know if I start doing the freaking digging digging for some money. Y'all will be the first to know, okay? And until then, keep it hot. <laughs>